0: Welcome to the North Shore Church audio podcast. To find out more information about North Shore Church, please visit us at mynsag.com. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, hello, North Shore. How's everybody doing? You guys doing okay today? Come on, I hope you feel good because it's a good day anytime you get to start off with free popcorn and candy. You know what I mean? Come on, how awesome is that to have popcorn and candy in church? For those of us that grew up getting yelled at for running through church, it's like awesome payback. Like, I'm a grown person. I can eat this popcorn if I want. It's awesome. Well, I hope you're having fun. This is going to be a fun series. And what we're going to be doing is looking at Oscar worthy moments of the Bible. And so I'm going to start us off, I'm just going to kick us off this week by talking about the best original song. Uh, the best original song. And one of the most important moments, one of the most important things of any movie or any production. Is the music, right? It's the, the songs behind it. In fact, what would Frozen be without Let It Go? You know what I mean? Like A lot better. I like that. Uh, <laughs> for parents, at least. Uh, in fact, that, that song itself, Let It Go, completely changed the movie. Did you know that? Originally, Elsa was supposed to be the bad person in that movie, but they said, this song is so good, she has to be a good guy. And so they rewrote the entire movie just because of that song. Uh, There's power in this song to illustrate just kind of the power that music has on us, how it can take us up or down. It can put us in a great mood. It can pump us up. We're just going to have a little bit of fun this morning. Is that all right? Have a little bit of fun at church while you eat your popcorn and Skittles. Uh, So we're just going to look at some popular and classic movie themes. And when you know it, don't shout it. Don't ruin it. Just wait. Just hold on. I might have you raise your hand or something, but don't shout it out. Uh, I'll ask for a response in just a moment. But let's just take a look at some popular movie themes that kind of might put us into a certain mode or get a certain reaction out of us. So here it is, the first one. Who knows it? You guys know it? Know it already? The answer, Jaws. You young kids, you don't know about this song. But this is good, thank you, thank you. That was the song that every older sibling would start singing before they started chasing their younger sibling around the house. You know what I mean? I grew up, Pastor Chris, uh, our lead pastor was just up here. He's my older brother, and I knew when he looked at me and did this, but um I, I just was like, no, stop. I'm out of here, you know? I knew it wasn't gonna be good, uh, but that, that was a theme that I just, like, you know trouble's around the corner uh, when that starts happening. Here's another music theme that, that uh, I like, so check out this one. Oh, I see hands going up already. This is good. In case you don't know this one, let me help you out here in just a second. <laughs> oh yes, The Lion King. The Lion King, y'all knew The Lion King. Uh, what's so awesome about that song is you don't have to know any of the words because everybody sings it differently, except for the first two, right? You get past ah, Savenya so and you can say whatever you want, you know? It's awesome. I love those kind of songs. Uh, here's another song. This one's gonna be a little bit tougher, but it might take some of us back to a time in the '80s. Anybody know it yet? I see. I see a few. you. Yeah, you know it. Okay. If you need a hint, here's your hint. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Anybody know now? A flying DeLorean. What is it? Back to the Future. Back to the Future. That's right, you guys are good. Uh, and just to show you how music can like change your mood, it can pump you up, it can amp you up, it can just like change your mood. Here's another one, uh, an all-time favorite movie theme. Who knows it? Come on, you're there. Some of you are just like, man, I feel good right now. I came in feeling down, but after this song, I'm ready to tackle the week. You know what I mean? Like hearing this song, I feel like I'm the best preacher in the world right now. Nobody's going to stop me. You guys know what song is it? Rocky. The Rocky theme. And this is what it does. It just pumps you up. And now i got one more song to share, Um, but before I do, i got to set it up because this is a popular classic movie theme but sometimes you've been around in Christian circles long enough that Christians, we got just kind of a funny way of doing things sometimes, right? And so growing up, I actually sang this as a worship song, because a lot of times what we'll do is we'll take popular themes or popular songs, like, hey, that, that theme sounds really good. Let's put Christian words to it. And so um, as we play this next song, some of you are gonna recognize it from the, the, the movie or the theme, and you're just gonna get a picture, but I'm gonna give you the Christian remix. Is that all right? I'm a horrible singer, just in advance, but I am still gonna give you the Christian remix because I grew up singing this movie theme in church. Here it is, check it out. Anybody know it yet? Come on, imagine a slow motion runner. Here we go, here's the chorus. Give glory to God, church. Give glory to God. Give glory to God, church, give glory to God. You know it. Come on, sing it. Give glory to God, church, or don't. You don't have to. (laughs) Here it goes. Give glory to God. Here's the chorus. You're going to like the chorus. It's really awesome. Sing praise (laughs) to his name, hallelujah. Sing praise to his name. It's good praise to his name, hallelujah, give glory to God. All right, that's, that's it, that's, we are done with the musical impressions. <laughs> but the movie, that was the theme of chariots of fire. We get the image of the slow motion running or worshiping in church growing up, uh, if you're in my case, but we, we really did grow up singing and worshiping to that song. The list could go on and on, but this is what great music does, doesn't it? It takes us right to a moment, or it inspires in us a feeling. It can bring us up, it can bring us down, it can put us in a good mood, or it can like make us feel really angry. It it, it can change us. And so as we look at God's word, there are many great songs throughout scripture. Many great songs to choose from. And so as we look at it, and we're kinda nailing down, which one is Oscar worthy? Uh, We had just had kinda some back and forth discussion about it, and we thought, you know what? There's one song that's been one of the most popular songs as long as I can remember. And I think there's a reason that the Bible, that in the Bible this is the song that seems to be the most popular because its words are so powerful. It can create in us a feeling of gratitude from the moment we start singing it or hearing it or reading it. It can help us realize how big and how good and how awesome God is all the time. And it can help you realize that no matter what you're going through, that your future is full of hope. Better things are around the corner. And so here's the moment, the award. For best original song goes to Psalm 23. Yes, some of you knew it. Yep, Psalm. It's gonna, I I know it's gonna be a good day preaching when you guys clap for the reveal of the scripture we're gonna use. Like, yes, Psalm 23, let's go. We're gonna we're going jumping right in. But uh, this is the it's actually the first time I memorized a chapter of the Bible, it was Psalm 23. And so we're just gonna dive in. We're gonna look and see what makes this song so popular, so powerful, and why I believe every single person should memorize this entire chapter. It's a great, great verse. So uh, here it is, Psalm 23, let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Great scripture, right? Powerful scripture. Man, that is packed with so much good stuff, but uh, in the mode of just having a little bit of fun today and in the mode of just seeing the power of music, I'm gonna read this one more time for you. Uh, This time, I'm gonna put the theme of gladiator behind it. The gladiator music theme behind it. It just seems to make it more majestic, a little more poetic. So here it is, let's read it again, Psalm 23, with the gladiator theme behind us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever amen <laughs> oh some of you are looking up there like man that guy is crazy Um, Just a little bit, but I I love Jesus too, so uh, I just want to illustrate kind of the power that music has over us, and man, it just does. It sounds more majestic. Like, I should have that theme behind every conversation I have throughout the day. It would be awesome. We could be talking about the weather, and it sounds like we're about to change the world's problems, you know? It just sounds good, Um, but let's just dive into this powerful song in Scripture, let's just look at what makes it so powerful because it's packed full of so much good stuff and I believe that today that the Lord wants to remind some of you of a few things. Today, I believe that the Lord is telling you, you are his, you will make it through and your future is full of hope. He's telling you, you are his, you will make it through and your future is full of hope. Say it with me one time, let's say it together. You are his, you will make it through and your future is full of hope. I think someone in here today needs that reminder. I think someone in here today needs to remember who you belong to. And I think someone in here needs to realize that whatever valley you're in right now, you will make it through. And whatever circumstance you're going through, someone in here needs to know that the future is full of hope. The best is yet to come for you. Uh, Your past may look anything but pretty, but your future is full of opportunity. The best is yet to come for you. And that is an Oscar-worthy song if I've ever seen one. So let's just jump in and kind of break some of these thoughts down. You are his. You are his. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Basically, that says, I have all that I need. He is mine, so I am his. And then it goes into detail talking about how a good shepherd kind of provides, which we're gonna talk about in a minute. But I think it's interesting that throughout Scripture, God is referred to as a shepherd, right? And so if he's referred to as a shepherd, that makes us... You guys are great. (laughs) Man, whoever did that sheep, like, I need you up here for an illustration. (laughs) That's right. It makes us sheep, which I read and I think, man, this is kind of weird because why couldn't it have been something cool like a falcon or a lion? Like, give me, God, why are you calling us a sheep? Why sheep? Really? Because here's the thing about sheep. They are dumb animals. They are. They are. In fact, their survival completely depends upon the shepherd watching them. Completely depends upon their shepherd. I've heard a farmer talk about a time uh, when sheep were outside during a really bad ice storm. And the barn was open, it was nice and warm, and he said instead of going to the warm barn, these sheep just went, bah, and fell over on their side and froze to the ground. And she's like, man, these things, they won't even go inside. And so I go out there, and I'm chipping them out of the ice, and I get them out of the ice, and just about the time I get them out, they go, bah, and fall over on the other side just to be frozen yet again. Like, they're not very smart. Um, Some of you have heard the phrase, or you've been told the phrase, if your friends jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? Right? If you were a sheep, you know what you would say? Sure. Let's do it. Come on. Absolutely. Let's go. Okay, I, that was kind of cheesy, but I thought it, it went over all right. Um, but they would say, absolutely, let's do it. In fact, there's a, a story from Turkey that says over 450 sheep followed one, each, one another right off the edge of a cliff. And there was another herd of 1,500 sheep over here that saw those 450 go off the cliff, and they're like, guys, that looks like an awesome idea. Let's go. And so those 1,500 sheep followed each other off the cliff as well, but an interesting part of the story is that hardly any of them died because at the bottom they just landed on a big, fluffy, woolly cushion. Sheep are dumb animals. They are not very smart. They don't even know what's good for them. Sheep will walk right past their food to go eat something that's going to kill them, which doesn't sound too far off from people who every day reach right past the oranges to snack on the potato chips, you know what I mean? But this is what sheep do. They've been known to get in a straight line leading them straight to somebody that's cutting their throat. Sheep are completely defenseless. This is why you've never heard of wild sheep. They don't exist. In fact, they can't exist on their own, yet this is exactly what God chooses to call us. This is exactly the relationship he kind of sets between us. So what is God trying to tell us through this analogy? Do you think maybe he's telling us that we are a people, that we are someone who is in need of somebody greater than ourselves? That you and I, we need someone greater than ourselves to guide us, direct us, protect us, because many times we don't even know what's best for us. Someone stronger than us fighting for us, watching out for us. Our spiritual survival depends upon our good shepherd. Depends upon our shepherd. And thankfully, we don't have any ordinary shepherd. God himself says, I'm your shepherd. Listen, I am your shepherd. And so he's telling you, it doesn't matter how bad you think you might be. Uh, It doesn't matter how hopeless you think you are because you're mine. I'm the one fighting for you. I'm the one watching out for you. I'm the one who's got you. Some of you need to remember today, you are his. You are his. And he's not just any ordinary shepherd. The Lord is an active shepherd. He's not sitting in the background just watching you, letting you live your life. He is active in our lives. Whether you see it or not, he is working. The truth is sometimes it's really visible, and sometimes we can see him working, and we feel it working because it's like we're walking beside the still waters. He's leading you in green pastures, and you're looking at your life, and if your life was a movie theme, it would be the theme of it's a wonderful life. Man, things are good. My job is great. My finances are awesome. My marriage is good. Like, life is good. Sometimes it's visible and he's leading you in those moments. Other times, you feel alone. And other times, you feel like nobody's there and like you are walking in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. And if your life in that moment was a theme, a movie theme, it would be the Imperial March from Darth Vader's Star Wars. You know what I mean? Some of you, you're going to wake up tomorrow morning on Monday and you're just going to feel so down that like if your life or your attitude in that moment, it would be that, that Star Wars, that Darth Vader song of bum, 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 ba-da, bum, ba-da. like, here we go again, another day. But no matter if you're in the valley or you are beside the still waters, he is there, he is active, he is working in your life. In fact, I just want to point out a few ways that God works in just Psalm 23, how active of a shepherd he is. Here's what it says. Uh, The good shepherd, verse 1, he provides. Verse 2, he gives rest. He confidently leads. He renews us. He restores us. He guides us. He directs us. Verse 3, he protects us and corrects us and comforts us. Verse 4, he feeds us and he anoints us. Verse 5, he loves us and he furnishes permanent shelter for us. Verse 6, he is not actively or not just sitting by watching you. He is an active shepherd. And that is a lot of verbs in those six verses. <laughs> so some of you, if you're here today and you're wondering, God, where, where are you? Can I just remind you, even if you can't see him, he's there. He's active. Because you are his. You are not alone going through the valley. He's there. In fact, the good shepherd is a a deliverer. Part of that says he's our deliverer. In fact, if, if a shepherd ever loses one sheep, Jesus even talked about this. If a shepherd ever loses one sheep, he leaves the 99 sheep to go and chase after that one says, I'm gonna go find that one because uh, wherever they're going, they cannot survive on their own. But this is what Jesus does. This is exactly what Jesus does to people, to us. He says, I will do the same thing. I will do whatever I can to bring that lost person, that person who's wandered from me, that person who's far from me, back to myself. If a sheep ever gets snatched up by a bear or lion or wolf, a good shepherd will chase down that animal and overcome it just to bring that sheep back in part of the flock. And the Lord Today, I want you to know he wants to be our shepherd. He wants to be your shepherd, and he wants to set us free from any grip the enemy has on our life. He's an active shepherd. Um, And part of me, I hear this some of these stories, and I've had these thoughts like, man, isn't it kind of a bummer for the 99 that the shepherd would leave them to go chase after the one? And I think, man, bummer for them. But then I think, no, you know what? Actually, it's a comfort to the 99 to know that the master is so loving. That if someday I ever find myself in a situation where I'm straying, where I'm wondering, where where I kind of go off in a direction I shouldn't go, that He loves me so much that He will pursue me even when I'm the one who makes the bad decision. It's a comfort. It's a blessing to see the Good Shepherd go after the one, because at one point in our life, I was that one. You were that one. So it is a blessing to see the Good Shepherd chase after the one. He's a good shepherd. Uh, He he says, he leads me in the path of righteousness. Uh, He he leads me beside the still waters. It it talks about he leading several times. He is our director. Not only does he deliver us, but he directs us. Sheep are animals that can't be driven from behind like cattle. Like you drive cattle from behind, but you have to lead sheep from the front. In fact, you have to lead sheep from the front, and eventually those sheep get to know their shepherd's voice. Uh, I grew up in a small town of Broken Bow, 4,000 people. And there was a guy in our church, love him to death. Uh, he's passed away now, but he was an, an elderly gentleman in our church. He, he had a sheep farm, he had a bunch of sheep. And he had to go away for a few days. And so he called me and said, I was a pastor kid. I'm like, RJ, can you come feed my sheep and watch my sheep for me? I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. He said, I'll pay you. Okay, I'm there. Let's go. And so I go out there to kind of get training on how to, to do this. And he's old and he can hardly even walk. But he goes out to his barn and he grabs a bucket full of feed and puts it out in the trough and puts it all along there. And he steps back and he just does this. Sheep, 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 sheep. Sheep, sheep, sheep. And I'm looking at him like, what are you doing? And all of a sudden I look out and all across these different fields and pastures, all these sheep just start going and lining up and coming down. And they get all in line and they start eating. And I'm like, wow, easy money. (laughs) This is going to be awesome. This is going to be so good. And so I go out there the next day and I put all their food out and I start yelling, sheep, 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 sheep. Sheep, 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 sheep. And they are looking at me like they can't even hear me. Like, man, I know Bill, I know my master, I know my owner, but I do not know this crazy little uh, high schooler. You know what I mean? Like, they're just looking at me like, I am not listening to you. And they would not come eat their food, and I don't know what to do. I'm like, man, if he comes back and his sheep are dead, you know, I'm done. I don't know what to do. And so I go out, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make these things come into the, the and eat their food. And so I start chasing these sheep around the field, and I start running after them, and sheep, they are crazy, I'm telling you, when I say they're dumb animals, like they're not smart, I was chasing some sheep and all of a sudden they just kind of break all directions and two sheep ran directly into a barbed wire fence. Like so hard that it made them start bleeding through the wool and I'm feeling bad and I'm like, oh my goodness, how do you get these things up there? I don't know, one of them I was chasing for so long, eventually it just kind of went, ah, and fell down and got tired and wouldn't even move. It was weird. (laughs) It was kind of cool because I got to pet a sheep but at the same time, I'm like, man, I hope this thing doesn't die, <laughs> you know? But this is what sheep do. You can't drive sheep, you have to lead them, and they didn't recognize my voice. They didn't understand my voice. Eastern shepherds know every single one of their sheep by name. And if they call the name of one of their sheep, it will respond to its name. Our good, your good shepherd intimately knows every single detail about you. But the question is, do we know his voice? Are we close enough? Are we lead, or following him close enough to know his voice when he's calling, when he's talking to us? He, he's our director. He's also our defender. When you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A good shepherd is a defender. Uh, this psalm was written by a man named David. The same David, King David, defeated Goliath, David, that David. In fact, they say that when he wrote this song, many people believe that he was on the run for his life from King Saul. Yet he wrote Psalm 23. And see, he understood the heart of a shepherd because he himself was a shepherd. So when he talked about God being our shepherd, he was spot on because he said, I know what kind of a shepherd I was like. Because David, in the Bible, it talks about lions and bears coming to steal his sheep. And he killed the lions and he killed the bears just to protect his sheep. Um, the Bible says this in 1 Peter 5.8. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Sheep are defenseless, defenseless animals, prone to get lost, uh, and, and need of almost constant care. And on our own, you and I, we're gonna mess up time and time again. We're gonna go the wrong way, we're gonna get lost, uh, but we're too weak to kind of do this ourselves. That's why we need the good shepherd in our lives. We need him to defend us. Some of you, you're in here today and you are just straight worn out because you've been carrying a weight that you were not meant to carry. You've been trying to do this, fight these things off on your own. And today, some of you are carrying the weight of sin and you were never meant to carry the weight of sin. Some of you here today, you're carrying the weight of regret, the weight of failure, the weight of shame. You're carrying these things that God never intended for you to carry because he's such a good shepherd that he says, no, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to cast all your cares, cast all your worries, cast all that stuff on me because I care for you that much. He's a good shepherd. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And in the Bible, when it talks about the rod, it's, it's typically the rod of discipline. And a good shepherd disciplines his sheep. A shepherd uh, actually does this. Uh, if a good shepherd, if he has a sheep that continues to wander away and wander and get lost and go off on its own. Uh, as you know, they're defenseless. They can't survive on their own. So this good sheep, out of love for the sheep, what he'll do is he'll take his, his shepherd's staff and he will break the leg of that sheep. And then what he'll do is he'll throw it over his shoulders. And that sheep now has to just listen to his shepherd's voice. And over time, he he comes to know the shepherd's voice, and he comes to learn the ways of the shepherd. So by the time that, that that leg is healed, he puts it back down. It doesn't stray or wander anymore because it now knows intimately the shepherd's voice. Jesus, in the same way, disciplines those he loves, just like a father disciplines the children that he loves. He disciplines because he loves us, because he wants to protect us. He knows what's best for us when we don't even know what's best for ourselves. Anybody grow up, and I know this is kind of a touchy subject today, but uh, anybody just thankful that they grew up with some parents that maybe spanked them when they needed it? You know what? That was me. I was, and like looking back at the time, you don't like it, but now I'm like, man, thank you, because that taught me what was wrong. Taught me what was wrong. And I still remember my dad when he would discipline and, and spank us. He would take me to the back room, close the door, put me on his knee, and he would look at me and he would say these words RJ. This is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. (laughs) And I would just start crying, no, it's not. (laughs) Let me hit you. Let's see how you like it, you know. Like, I didn't understand. I didn't have this this father's heart. Um, But God, our heavenly father, this is absolutely the case. It did hurt him more than it hurt us. When he went to the cross, when he was beaten and bruised on our behalf. See, God doesn't punish, our our punishment, there's a difference between punishment and discipline. God poured out his punishment on Jesus at the cross. That means the punishment that you and I deserve, uh, the wages of our sin, which is death, hell, eternity from God, that punishment was poured out on Jesus on the cross. So he's such a good shepherd, he took our punishment for us, but out of love, like a loving father, he will sometimes discipline us. Correct us. And this is what the Bible is used for, uh, the, to, to correct us, to show us the right way to go. Many times the Holy Spirit speaks to us in this still, small voice, and he's talking to us and saying, man, you shouldn't go there. You know what, your, atti- your attitude shouldn't be like that. you got to watch what you're saying. you got to watch what you're doing around them because that's going to cause them to stumble. The Holy Spirit is correcting us. He's, he's guiding us. He's listening or, 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 or speaking to us. I don't know about you, but I love my kids way too much to let them get away with whatever they want. To let them just accidentally end up somewhere in life. I love them way too much. God loves you way too much. That even times when you start going off the the path, He's he's reminding you, He's speaking to you. Sometimes uh, that discipline is the voice of someone you trust. Students, sometimes it's a parent talking to you, sometimes it's a spouse. Speaking to you, but telling you kind of the wise thing to do. Many times it's the Bible, it's God's words just speaking to you, or a preacher from the stage. But a lot of times, you know what it is? It's just that still small voice, that Holy Spirit speaking to you. And one of the most merciful things the Lord could do in our life is recognize our sin so that it wouldn't remain hidden and healing can take place. The Good Shepherd disciplines. So even his rod and his staff. Comfort me. It's a comfort to know that he loves us too much to let us stay where we're at. And so today, some of you just need to remember, you are his, you will make it through, your future is full of hope. You are his, you will make it through, and your future is full of hope. You will make it through. And you're sitting there like, I'll make it through what? Whatever you're going through. Some of you here today, and, and you could be, just talk to me and be just like, man, I am going through it. And you need to take that complaint and kind of just look at it a little bit different and kind of use it as a testimony and say, you know what, I am going through it. I am getting through it. (laughs) And I am going through it, I will make it through it, even the valley of the shadow of death. In fact, let's look at five really quick promises from verse four It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Five quick promises from this verse. Number one, we will be in valleys. Right now, either you're in a valley, you're about to go into a valley, or you just got out of a valley. We go, we go through valleys in our lives, and the problem comes up when people don't have a shepherd, and they go through these valleys. I've seen many people go through some of these valleys in their life, and they turn to things like drugs, and excessive alcohol, and toxic relationships, and depressions, and, and all these other things that are nothing but fake saviors. They're in this valley and they think, man, I need help to get out of this. I need help to get through this, I'm gonna turn to this. I'm gonna turn to this. And these things can never fill a hole that only the good shepherd, only God was meant to provide. So we will be in valleys. Number two, we will walk through them. We will walk through them. It doesn't say you're gonna stay there. It doesn't say you're gonna die there, but it does say you will walk through them. And if you're going through it, just remember that same phrase, I am going through it. I am getting through. And I think it's interesting Not only will you get through, but here's how you're going to get through. Um, Anybody, you guys have all had nightmares, right? And when you have nightmares, one of two things happen. Either you are so scared that you are frozen in place and you're like, I wish I could run and move, but I can't. I'm so petrified, right? You're either frozen in place or the other thing is you are running as fast as you can and it doesn't ever seem to be fast enough because you're panicking like crazy. Never in a nightmare, never in a dream are you walking. You're not. You never walk in a dream, because it takes a confidence to walk. It takes a godly swagger to walk. But if the Lord is your shepherd, it says you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're not gonna freeze and paralyze. You're not stuck there. You're not gonna be frozen in place. You're not gonna be so, so filled with fear and overwhelm that you're just panicking and running all over the place. No, you will walk through that valley. You will not stay there. Uh, I remember the first time I saw a snake growing up. Um, I was with my brother and we were at our aunt's house and we saw this snake slither across the sidewalk and I scream, ah, and I take off running. And Chris yells at me, don't run! And I look back and he's doing like the fastest speed walk you've ever seen. (laughs) I'm like, you walk if you want, I'm running! I ran. He basically ran too, but I just still remember him speed walking and yelling at me for running. Because <laughs> when you're scared, it's crazy to walk. It takes a confidence to walk. But that's how you and I get to walk through the valley of the shadow of death because our shepherd is so good. He will walk us. How can we walk through that valley? Um, or actually, no, number three, I'm going to share this. Death is there in the valley, or death is not there in the valley, only his shadow. Death's not there, only the shadow of death, because death is gone. Our shepherd is so good that he said, I'm gonna remove even death itself for you. You don't have a thing to fear anymore. We don't even have to fear death because we know what's on the other side. But here's how our enemy works. Our enemy works uh, in shadows, right? Growing up, um, there was a tree outside of my bedroom and I wasn't scared of the tree. I climbed the tree. I played on the tree. I loved the tree. But at nighttime, there was a shadow on my windows. I was scared of the shadow. The same enemy works the same way. He knows that death, we have nothing to fear, even with death itself, but he kind of casts a shadow, like, ooh, watch out, watch out, it's there. Don't let the shadows scare you, because with Christ, not even death wins. Not even death wins, but apart from Christ, we can't get past that. Here's what 1 Corinthians 15 says. It says, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Sin is the sting that results in death, and then the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through Lord Jesus Christ. We have victory through our good shepherd. Number four, the fourth promise uh, from that verse is, we will be fearless in the face of evil. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will not fear. I will not fear. And my prayer is that this would be a fearless church. That we would be a fearless church. Church, think about this. Jesus did hard things. Jesus did such hard things like defeat sin, hell, death, the grave, yet many times we pray these small prayers like, God, uh, be with me today. God, bless me. Help me. Lord, I, ha- I have a, you know, a friend or a family member that's far from you, so help them. And we just kind of pray some of these little prayers. But I-, I think if God has done this hard work, shouldn't everything else just kind of be a piece of cake? Shouldn't we learn to start walking in confidence like the Lord is my shepherd, like he's right there beside me, like he's active in in our life? And so it's my prayer that God, let us not timidly advance the kingdom, but let us fearfully or fearlessly and forcefully advance the kingdom in the face of this evil world. We're fearless. You know, someday when we get to heaven, for the very first time, the moment we get to heaven, it'll be the first time that we're around it. Uh, in a place where everybody loves Jesus. For the first time, it's gonna be awesome, but that means that we have a mission today. A mission today. Because when when we get there, it's gonna be too late. There's no longer, we can't help any people anymore. So let's fearlessly and forcefully advance the kingdom of God. Number five, the fifth promise is the shepherd is always with us. I will not fear, why? For you are with me. The shepherd is always with us. Uh, Emotionally. Emotionally, some of us feel like we're all alone, but I can tell you God's word promises you're not. Physically, you might feel like you're abandoned, but you are not, you are not. And have you ever noticed that the qualities of the person you're with determines what you can walk through? The qualities of the one that you're with determines what you can walk through. Um, If it's just me and my wife, she's five foot one, eight, almost eight months pregnant. You know what I mean? We're probably not going to walk through anything too physically strenuous. <laughs> We're probably not going to get too much work done around the house uh, with her. If I'm walking through something with my kids, and I'm maybe going to get through half of my grocery list at Walmart, you know, uh, who I'm with determines what I can get through. If I'm with a bunch of big guys, woo, we can get some work done. You know what I'm with? Oh, you know what I mean? But imagine if who's with you determines what you can walk through. Think about what you can get through, and God is with you. There is nothing, nothing that's impossible. There is nothing that can stop you. There is nothing you can't get through if God is with you. Nothing you can't get through. You can get through because he's with you. Some of you need to just remember that today. You can get through because he's with you. He's with you and you will get through. You are his. You will make it through and your future is full of hope. Your future is full of hope. In the 2011 Super Bowl, the Green Bay Packers were playing, and the night before the Super Bowl, Coach Mike McCarthy did something uh, a lot of people didn't like. He took his entire team, before the game was even played, he had them all sized for a Super Bowl ring. He saw them, people heard about it, and they're like, man, that is gonna come back to haunt him. Nope, you don't mess with superstition like that. That is horrible. But what he was doing is he was saying, guys, this is what we've worked for. I'm already sizing you for the the ring because we are expecting a victory. And the players, even one of the players said, it was awesome because we, we had, we literally had what we were working for in our hands at that moment, and we just had to go out and earn it. As you know, the Green Bay Packers ended up winning that Super Bowl, and that ring was theirs. That ring was theirs. Everything from verse 5 on tells us about the promised victory over Satan in our lives. We have promised victory. God has already sized you for the ring. That victory is yours. You are promised that victory. Even in the presence of our enemies, he prepares a table for us because we are promised the victory. That's part part of the, the winner's, the victory or the winner's circle. He, and notice that he prepares the table, not us, because we need him in our lives. We need the good shepherd, we need it. God continues on, he says, you'll anoint my head with oil and bless me. Many times anointing a head with oil, what that does is that's proclaiming that you are sons and daughters of the king, that we are chosen, set apart, and anointed. In fact, here's what 1 Peter 2, 9 says about you. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, you are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are promised victory if the Lord is our shepherd. We are promised victory. That means no matter your past, no matter your circum- or current circumstances, no matter how bad you might think you've been, there is hope. There is hope and your future is full of it. It's full of life, eternal life. Psalm 23, 6 says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. This is an awesome promise of just how victorious we are going to be. Goodness is going to follow us. Goodness is receiving something that we didn't, that we don't deserve. We receive salvation that we didn't deserve. We receive blessings from God that we don't deserve, and that's going to follow us. Mercy will follow us. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. The wages of our sin is death and an eternal punishment and separation from God, yet God says, you know what, not only am I going to give you victory in your life, I'm such a good shepherd, that I'm going to give you things that you don't deserve, and I'm going to keep some really bad things from you that you do deserve, because I'm a good shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd, and today, if you haven't had a chance to choose the good shepherd in your life, you're going to get to in just a moment. The final promise is, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, because the winners receive the prize. This is life eternal. This is why death can't hold us because we just enter into eternity with Christ. Remember, you are His. You will make it through. Your future is full of hope. You are His. You will make it through. Your future is full of hope. Recently, I saw a a little video of a classroom who was hatching baby chicks and as they're hatching baby chicks, they've been doing this all, all whatever semester and they had the incubators out and finally the time came for these chicks to start hatching and they're all about to start hatching and this little boy and he's watching his egg about to hatch and this chick was struggling out of the egg. He said it looked like he was about to die because he was struggling so hard. So the boy just went over and he started removing and peeling the egg apart for him so the chick could come out and he came out and the teacher saw it and ran over and said, no, don't touch the eggs. Nobody else touched the eggs. And in an ironic twist of event, this boy who looked, and it looked like all these other chicks were dying trying to get out of this egg, it ended up that his was the only chick that didn't make it. See, God designed it in a way that the struggle to get out of the shell gave them the strength they needed to survive. See, there's strength in the struggle that you're going through. That valley of the shadow of death, maybe that's just the struggle that you need to get a little bit of strength to take you to places you've never been. He's a good shepherd. See, he designed the valley so that we would know that we're not alone. Yeah, we will face them, but we will walk through them because he is with us. You're going to live because death itself is taken away and we have nothing left to fear. That's our shepherd. So here's the key. Don't don't be angry at God for allowing us to face the struggle from time to time. Maybe he's just helping us build a little bit of strength. Maybe he's just helping us build a little bit of st- stamina and helping us to see the savior that we so desperately need, which is Jesus Christ. We you stand to your feet all across this place? Because some of you, you're here today, maybe you're going through the struggle and you're looking at your life, you're saying, God, I need you, you know, he's there. He's there. In fact, I can't help but think David, remember he he's he the one that wrote Psalm 23. I can't help but think if David were to accept an Oscar, if David were to accept the award for best original song, I imagine he would go up there, and I would imagine he would take the mic, and I imagine it would go something like this. First of all, I would just like to thank my Heavenly Father. I would like to thank my, my Good Shepherd. Uh, Lord, thank you for getting me through. Thank you so much. And you know what? I would also like to take a moment. I would also like to thank the bear that tried to attack my sheep. Because when the bear attacked my sheep, I was there and I killed that bear. And man, that gave me just a little bit more strength. I'd also like to, to thank that lion that tried to just come and take my sheep away as well because I killed that lion too. And you know what? That prepared me to one day stand before the giant. And you know what, while I'm at it, I'm just gonna go ahead and thank Goliath, my greatest enemy, because without him standing before me, who knows if I would have been propelled to the king that I am today. But my giant, the one that stood before me that, that was meant to defeat me, that meant to take me down, did nothing but made me stronger and helped me get to the position I'm at. That's why I'm okay with my enemies coming before me because they will do nothing but strengthen me and make me stronger. Because the Lord is your shepherd. You have all that you need. He is a good shepherd. Even if you're going through the valley of shadow of death, he is there. You are his. You will get through. And your future is full of hope. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, I thank you today that you're just encouraging us. God, that you're reminding us today that we are yours that you don't just sit by and watch us go through life, but God, you love us so much. You are active in our life. You're moving even in ways that we can't see. And so God, thank you to remind us today, for those of us that feel alone, that we are yours, that you are there. God, help us to remember that we will get through. Even the darkest valley, even the thing that looks like it's gonna overcome us and defeat us, God, we will get through. And God, our future is full of hope because God, we have an eternal and heavenly reward waiting for us no matter our circumstances, no matter what we've been through, God, with you, our shepherd, you can change our attitude, you can change our heart, so God, change us today. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to connect with us, or if you want more information about North Shore Church, please visit us at mynsag.com.